Look how productive I am in life. Um, actually, five is marketing their actual I know, but we're doing four, which is active listening. That was a test. Let me pass. Go on. Okay. You ready, ready, ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. You have to get all your shit off my desk. Let's work. <laughs> oh, dude. There's no pencil. <laughs> Fuck. We are good over here. How do you know? He hasn't even asked for your testing. Dude, I, I, oh, yeah. I've been talking Eric, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about how you should always take my side. Yes. <laughs> That would be bad choices. How are my, <laughs> how are my levels? Your hormones are way. These the are fuck my off. levels. So we have active listening, marketing their actual. We're just doing one time though. Fire shift. Active listening. Let's go. I'm going to kill you. You ready? I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. And yet, there's a phone in your hand. I'm just making sure all your clients are taken well care of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it. And it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Well, here we go. Welcome back. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got to have, since Bryn likes to have all our drinks on the table. I so have let's two. just put all the drinks on the table. How can you even? I have two things. You have here, 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 yes, there's whatever five. You want here. We can. Well, we gotta wash some dishes here. What we have to Here's do? Here's your There's urine a, or your vitamin P. Here's some extra water. P, some extra water. What's this? I, What's this? What's this? I feel like that should is probably coffee. That's coffee. For believing for Briley, by the way. This is Empty. a prop. <laughs> this is whiskey. I was gonna say and that's bourbon. <laughs> How good is that? That I nailed all of those. Pretty pretty good. It is after hours, by the way, so that's why we're doing this. But. Let me get this out of the way, and we are back to Sigmund Sense, and we're going to talk, uh, keep on talking about ways uh, salespeople tend to do better than others, right? Uh, the, yes. I would argue that today's episode is probably the most important uh, skill for the best salespeople in the world. I agree. Um, and it's probably the area of weakness for most. I would also agree. Right? So... This is a big disseminator right here and uh, disseminating factor. So the skill that we're going to be talking about is active listening. Active listening 
oh god it's so annoying just having to listen to people just go on and on and on uh because you're ready to talk about what you want to sell right yeah you can't wait to talk right so you just right now what you're thinking is what i'm gonna say when josh is is done talking is that what you're doing right now um yes see what'd you say (laughs) yeah so what we're gonna talk about is active listing and and, uh easier said than done um there's probably four or five things there's some you know, some of us are better than others, right? There's some people that are super inquisitive about other people's worlds and lives and they ask lots and lots of questions. Uh, and that would probably be the first step. I just made a huge mess. Yeah, you did. I was waiting for that. Do you have a napkin of any kind? So what we're talking about before I spilled was uh, active listening skills. And so there's a couple ideas that combine us. Some, uh, some people are naturally better at it than others, right? People naturally are more empathetic, care about others, want to listen to the whole story, understand where people are from. And some people are more systematic and more interested in where they're going and a little bit less present than others. And I've probably fallen into all categories at some point, but it's it's an area uh, I've had to work on myself to be super inquisitive and ask more questions. And mm-hmm. the reason why listening skills are so important in general is because when people ask enough questions, then... Uh, they're the actually the one that's in control. Whoever asks the most questions is in control. Wins. Right? They yes. win. Well, it's just, they, yeah, I guess they do win ultimately. They win. Because yeah. they find out, uh, is this person really a prospective buyer? They find out, is this a good quality match? They find out, is this a person I actually want to hang out with and have a drink with maybe one day, someday? They find out how to sell them. They find out what a bad experience was in the past. They find out about how to really screw up the, the relationship if you just ask enough questions. So, um, I think I find this to be a fascinating subject. Uh, I agree. And, you know, so what do you think it is that makes listening so hard or make, what makes someone a bad mm. listener? I think there's a couple things first. So from a salesperson perspective or just interpersonal skills, which way? I what, think both. So salesperson, I think that, uh, one of them is lack of confidence, right? So they feel like they're not very valuable. They feel like they might only get five minutes. So they better get to the point really quickly. Uh, I think that's a basic one. I think a second one is uh, some people in this going back to business. I think some people are so oriented towards uh, business and money that they forget to personalize before they professionalize. Right. So uh, having an agenda. They've got an agenda that is missing valuable steps. Right. right. I think on the interpersonal, not business related, I, I, I just think personality wise, some people are raised differently. I think that... Um, uh, you know, some people were taught not to ask or were not taught, were badly taught by their parents the, you know, only uh, don't speak till you're spoken to, don't ask me questions, like don't invade people's space. And so there's a lot of that that happens with people, interestingly enough. I think when you find parents that are super talkative, like yours is a great example, like Sandy's probably got zero. Does she have any enemies? Like z- any? My they, mom? Yes. Like zero. I'm I was, serious I about this. I, no, I am dead serious. I don't think that she's got, she's probably the nicest human in the world. And part of the reason I think people believe that is because she actually gives a shit. She and talks to you yes, and listens and it's like to you. And you're the only person that matters when, you're talking, when you're talking to her. Which goes back to being super present. Yes. Very super present. Pregnant. And that's, that is a big character trait when it comes, or the difference between, you can listen, but active listening is about being present. Like really in the moment and not just listening to being uh, told, not just listening to what is being said, but listening to what is not being said mm-hmm. as well. It, it re- is about being present and in the moment and paying totally, attention to totally. the interpersonal, nonverbal skills as well. And right? I think when you're listening, you can ask 
the next question that is that one makes sense, but two also is the next layer of deepness because you keep deepness. Deepness is that a word? Is that not a word? We'll go with it. I don't know. But like, so you ask one question, they give you the answer, and then based on their response, you can go a little bit deeper if you're actively listening. Yep. If you're not actively listening, then you're thinking in your head, what is the next Thing question on say. my list yep. of questions to ask? And that goes back into, you know, we, in one of the previous episodes, we were talking about being prepared and we said, we'll do some script training. But there's mm-hmm. a big difference between just saying what you are supposed to say and understanding why you're saying it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, which goes back to what you're saying, right? Like uh, a rookie might make the mistake of going A, B, C, D, F, G and just going through what they're supposed to say and missing the critical responses of, wait, they literally are still, they're not ready to be sold. Like, shut up. Keep asking right. more questions. You forgot to you backtrack a little bit, you know, uh-huh. try and triangle for trust or whatever else it was, right? But for listening in general, um, what I would say, I'm going to tell you guys a story because I, I love stories anyways. And this is a result of a homework assignment I was given when I was in coaching very early on. So let's mm. just talk about how do you get closer to people uh, because a lot of people really struggle with asking not just questions, but asking enough questions, but not just enough questions, but asking deep questions, right? Yeah, I feel like there's a sense of um, discomfort that comes yeah. with asking. Like, I shouldn't ask that, yeah. you know, like that's way too personal. Right. Um, and on the flip side, there's no deep relationships anyone has that don't have some personal uh, combinations in there, right? Yeah. Like how many people, like if I were just to think on, on probably, let's say three hands. We have about three hands worth of people that know my deepest, darkest secrets, my goals, my fears. Yeah. When things are going great in my marriage, when things are a little bit off of marriage, about 10, 15 people that like uh, were on that level of relationship, mm-hmm. right? And I interact with thousands. Right. Interact yeah. with thousands. So, but in the moment with about 500, I can be in a deep moment, be very, very present because mm-hmm. of this story. So let yeah. me just tell you what the homework was. So, uh, guy, uh, a real, I mean, this is probably 15 years ago. Um, I was getting a lot of feedback from people that work for me. So it's not proud stuff, but this is, you know, learn from others by what not to do as much as what to do. But I was getting lots of feedback from my team specifically that I was not present, right? I was, I would let somebody that would come into my office space and they start talking and then the phone would ring and I'd absolutely pick it up or they'd be talking and then I hear the chime for the mm-hmm. computer. So I'd start responding and what, <laughs> you know, what was that again? Just, and like <laughs> trying to keep talking while I, I'm emailing. And the worst was probably going to lunches. Uh, right, by the way, this wasn't just with team. This is family members, right? Yeah, so I'd be yeah, at, yeah. Uh, lunches or dinners with people and the phone would ring and what I do, it's, hold on a second, you're not that, that, you're not that important wife, you know, I got to right. take this. So I did up and leave this. a date and go make a, take care of a call. So I was getting some good feedback from people that care that, hey, you need to be more present. So when you're with me for lunch or dinner, like put your shit down or don't even bring it in. And uh, if you're going to have a one-on-one team meeting, like actually leave your phone don't even look at it like don't I, even look at it, yeah. I have my phone right here but it's face down yeah and i i do that with the vibrator off and so i can't hear it it's out of sight out of mind it's just going to happen so anyways he said uh, i was telling my coach about this he said well i got this uh, thing for you it's called talking to people about the ones the tens and the hundreds i was wondering if you would go there i am going there so uh ones tens and hundreds are the explanation was is that 95%, 96% of all conversations every day are level one conversations. And level one conversations are those conversations that are 
meaningless, shallow. Weather, weather. Yeah. Like uh, walking to the bathroom, you catch somebody's eye contact that you didn't mean to catch. And so you feel obligated to say, hey, how's your day going? How was your day? And you Good. keep walking. And so you don't even really hear the answer, uh, nor do you care, honestly. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, that is the quality of the conversations that we have most of the time. Yeah. With a gas station attendant, with a, a waitress or waiter, with a bartender, with sometimes our spouses when we're not in a good space, we kind of, you know, we occupy the same space yeah. and that's about it. Um, so that's the level one conversation. Then you go to a level 10 conversation are conversations where you know enough to be dangerous about it. You do care. Uh, the way that you show that you care is you bring up something, an element from a previous conversation. Uh, you know that, and I know that where kids play baseball. So we might ask how the baseball game was last night. Cause you, you heard me say something about last night on the last yeah. conversation, uh, or how, you know, asking about, uh, tr uh, I'm thinking about going on a trip to this place. I think you told me five years ago, you went to this place, what, where would I, where should I go eat or what should I do? Mm -hmm. So you have these little bit of, uh, it's called weaving. You're weaving past conversations. So it shows people that you care a little more, uh, and you do. And the last level uh, 100 conversation is where you, you know, the, it's 1% or less of conversations where you literally reach into somebody's heart and like pull on the heartstrings, yeah. right? You know how they're hardwired, you know, um, you know what to say to touch a nerve. Or you're willing right? to ask a question that is uncomfortable. Yeah, for very much so, right? Like you're willing to risk a little bit of your relationship, yeah. but the benefits are far outweighed. Or overstepping your boundaries, like, because that is the uh, yeah, risk. And, and let's define the boundaries, right? The social boundaries. Social boundaries. 100%. 100%. Like, you shouldn't ask strangers. You shouldn't ask a stranger something that deep. Or or even your friends or acquaintances, right? Like, or at least we, there's we're things, told we're not Right. To. There's things that you think are appropriate and those things you think are inappropriate. Yep. And so you shy away from them, but you're risking, like, maybe you're the only person that, that, could, help that could help them or yep. have ever asked. Yep. Uh there's a, I mean, this is a horrible thing to say, but I remember there's years ago, I don't know how this popped in my head. So I was probably in middle school and I remember some bad color TV commercial about suicide. And it was talking, and the whole premise of the commercial for this 30 second commercial was if only I had said yes. hello. Right. Like yeah. we walk by and we have these meaningless interfaces at school and at college and at, right. with so many people and shit, this kid might have just needed a, a hug. Just, right. Right. Yeah. And so uh, level. So, yes, it's uncomfortable. And you got to be careful what you ask, because if, they, if somebody needs help, then in theory, you are going to try to do whatever you can. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think that the best analogy to what I'm trying to explain with this level 100 conversation, how rare it is, is how few people pull over to help somebody with a flat tire. Yeah. Thousands of people just drive on past that poor old lady or that poor kid that's I not changed, that's doesn't know how to change a tire and one or two will stop and, and handle it. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so anyways, that was the homework assignment that, uh, or the explanation was that, and the homework assignment was that for the next two weeks I had to go try to, to engage people, total strangers. Uh, so imagine this, any, anyone that I met at a bar or restaurant, any total stranger, my goal was to get to a level 100 conversation <laughs> in the first conversation, right? And the idea was that if you can do that with a t perfect stranger, then certainly you can be more present, more engaged, yeah. more caring with the relationships you've got. And so I remember that I was given that assignment and I was driving uh, with a bunch of dudes over to actually New Orleans. We were going driving from San Antonio to New Orleans to go to Mardi Gras. 
And we you know, we were we stopped. This is years ago, so don't judge me. But we stopped for a couple some road brews <laughs> in west or sorry east 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 Texas, and uh, right before midnight, and I ran into the grocery store, the little uh, uh, gas station. And I go in there, and it's just a single, you know, older, not, not an older, middle-aged lady that was uh, behind the counter. And I ran to go get some beers, and I came back over, and then I remembered my assignment. And so I said, hey, how's your night be going? Um, which is a very normal conversation, which is meaningless for most people. The difference sure. was is that I was trying to figure out what the next question would be right. to go to a level 10 conversation, <laughs> to go to a level 100 conversation. Yeah. And so I was actually, when I asked the question, I actually did mean it, and I was paying attention to the response. And the only way I can explain it is that when she responded, probably some BS way that we've all responded, like, oh, just a slow night or whatever she said. I literally, because I was paying attention, I don't know if it was her eyes or something, I didn't believe her. Like, it wasn't a good night. It was was something bad. And um, so as I sat there for a second, and I gulped, I'm sure. And I I was like, ma'am, you don't know me from anybody, but I'm just like a good set of ears right here. If you want to share something that's on your heart, I'm, I'm all ears, you know, if you want to just talk to somebody. And she burst into tears. Oh, my god! She just starts crying. And um, I was like, holy shit, what have I got myself into? Oh, goodness. And so then she proceeded to tell me over the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes that only a couple hours earlier, she had been given a call from a parole officer whose duty it was to inform her that her ex-husband who had beaten her within an inch of her life and had gone to jail for a decade for attempted murder uh, was being released. Blah. And so that was the call she got hours before I showed up. And and what I always think about to this day, and it's why it encouraged me to always engage when my gut says engage, yeah. is that I wonder how many people had gone through that same gas station in the last couple hours and she's having one of the a, a relapse mm-hmm. of the worst day of her life, right? And they had no clue, nor yeah. did they care enough to ask how's your day going and yeah. actually be present enough to go to the next level. So um, that's what level one, ten, hundred conversations yeah. are. But that's also what active listening is, and that's what I'm trying to explain. That active listening is is taking on not just the verbals and the questions, but really listening and feeling. I guess feeling is a good word too listening and feeling to what those responses are, which will allow you to go to a deeper relationship. So you can see how this would be very advantageous in a sales scenario, right? If you're trying to, if the purpose of the series is to drive, uh, you know, more revenue, the top line of the business, well, you know, people work with people they know, like, and trust. People like people that give a shit about them. And so if we can engage people at a higher level, then uh, in theory, your revenues will go up, which is not the purpose of it. Uh, but it's a byproduct. But it's a byproduct, absolutely. Um, and I think that, um, I think we should talk about ways that help you get to a, a place where you can actively listen to someone because I think most of, if you're not, if you're not present in a conversation or you're finding it hard to listen, there's, there's reasons for that. And what comes to mind first, especially in a sales environment is that the nerves take over mm-hmm. and you truly can't think like I can't think about what you're saying. I can't think about all I can think about is how nervous I am. And am I sweating? Am I hot? Is it, am I being awkward? Are they being awkward? And so you're off to a really bad start. So mm-hmm. I think that ties in perfectly with the preparation conversation we had. Right. Yep. Um, and you've already mentioned today, but it's be prepared and the benefit of being prepared and the benefit of scripting is that you once you have that mastered, you can actually listen. 
and take the right. conversation where it naturally should go yep. rather than following your agenda. Yep. Um, the other piece of that is, you know, what's causing you not to be able to listen is being is the chaos. So if you are, if you have too much going on, if you're not organized and prepared, which we've talked so much about too in our time management episodes, yep. if you have stuff that is lingering over or you are worried about what's happening next and you have to make sure that you, you know, right after this, I have to leave right on time so I can get to here, to here, to here, you can't think either. Yep. And you can't pay attention to what they're saying because you're worried about other stuff. So it's interesting how it all really does tie together. Um, my token phrase is clear space, clear mind. And that comes into play huge with listening. Your spaces have to be clear because if not, you can't, you're not hearing what's happening around you because yep. you're too focused on yourself hmm. and what kind of shit what's show you're, for you? what's, what's next, right? Um, That's an interesting way to say it. I've never heard it that way. Um, so it's weird that we're both wired differently too. Like I am very capable of being a messy human. Uh, you don't I, seem messy. I make myself, I choose to not be. Choose to not be. Right. But am I capable? Do not ask my roommates about my high school, <laughs> my, my college uh, dorm. I was a slob, right? <laughs> so I, I'm serious. I'm just being like, I'm very capable. What's of your this. current closet like? Uh, ask Christy about Your it. side. Good. My side's color-coded. Co but that's for a different reason though, right? Uh, it is color-coded. <laughs> that's the answer. Which that's means that it's, colorblind, that, right? that means that it's organized, right? <laughs> it is organized. Uh, my stuff in my garage at my ranch is exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. My spaces that are not owned by my children are exactly right, where, where they're, they're supposed to be. To be. Yep. yep. Um, and it's funny in, in chaos, I, I write less on paper, but I know ex I, for the most part, know what drawer I can find it and what inch of the drawer it is. Right. Yeah. I yeah, can yeah. kind of go almost right to it. Um, but taking it a different, a different level, like, so in my natural state of not being organized, um, the way I've learned to be a better, and it's a learned skill, right? From uh, most of us, I think it's learned skill, mm -hmm. active listening, is to have good quality questions, the right questions, and a lot of them. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was taught years ago, or there's actually two bullet points I was taught specifically, it was uh, ask four questions every one of theirs mm -hmm. and do your best to uh, ask questions for at least the first 30 minutes of, of an hour conversation, at least the first 30 minutes. So... You know, I'm just thinking, uh, maybe I'm trying to give an example. So in lending and real estate, lenders like myself hit on realtors because realtors work with buyers mm -hmm. and buyers uh, or who they could refer to us, right? So when I sit down with a realtor one-on-one, -on -one, uh, I'm asking because I'm goal-oriented. I'm just going to give you literally a stream of thought, but the, you've heard all these questions yeah. at some point, right? It's, uh, you know, after I personalize, so family, occupation, recreation, dreams, so uh, tell me about your family. Tell me mm -hmm. where we came from. Or, you know, uh, what do you do for hobbies? Uh, talk about where you, where you work. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Um, so that's the Ford acronym, uh, Family, Occupation, Recreation, Dreams. So basic questions. But then I'll go into, uh, did you hit your goals last year? What were your goals last year? Um, if people are unclear about their goals, I know I'm dealing with somebody that's not wired like me and maybe could use my help, mm -hmm. right? Um, if they are goal-oriented, they typically that know their numbers. So I'm like, perfect. What's your goals for 2021? Yeah. And uh, what do you, oh, that's a big difference. What's your, what are you going to do to bridge the gap there? Uh, what is the biggest hole in your business is a question I ask quite often. Mm -hmm. I assume that every good realtor has a good lender. So out of curiosity, who's your number one lender that you refer to currently? Who's your backup? 
Who's your backup's backup? If I was, if you were going to get a mortgage from any one of the three, which of the three would you get your mortgage from? Why would you refer the other two if that's the one that you get refer you get, uh, get your mortgage from? Yeah, and so on and so forth. So uh, I don't have to guess or think about what questions. I've probably got two hundred questions in the bag in my bag ask. to yeah. just keep on firing away because what I find that weaker salespeople do is they find the one thing. Like, uh, I didn't even get to the end of questions. Like, uh, what's the most important thing that you're looking for in a lender? Uh, what, why did you fire your last lender? What did your last lender do to, to get fired? Um, what would be worth you moving your business from what, uh, from your current lender to mm-hmm. use trying us out? What do you think that looks like? How many leads you get per month? And so on. So when it comes down to that, what I really think about is what most lenders would jump on is, like biggest complaints of the industry are missing closing dates, lack of communication, and bait and switch, right? So maybe they say, oh my God, if somebody misses their closing date, then they're gone. So that might have been minute two. And so that lender will, or that salesperson would jump right on that and say, well, we never miss closing dates and da 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 and talk about all oh the things they do gosh, not miss closing. Yes. And usually the last thing said, the most guarded thing is really the one that matters the most, yeah. right? Like we're all naturally hardwired to be defensive and not tell people the truth. To be nice. To be nice. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to talk crap about my other business partner. But if you ask enough, you're trying to understand, I'll finally eventually say, yeah, actually, it's just that that I'm always having to call them. Mm -hmm. They never call me to update me on on transactions, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a therapy session. Exactly You have to keep asking the same question different ways. Um, That's interesting what to say. But you also, where the listening piece comes in, is you you have to be listening closely enough to be cued in that that was not the answer and you need to find another way to ask it. Like that's the piece that, because if Better you're- Better salespeople know how to do Right, because yep. if you're just gonna continue asking, like I hate nothing more than when people ask questions and they have the same response to every question, mm-hmm. which sounds something like, so, um, you know, tell me about your lender. Oh, he's great. Oh, okay, good. Make a note. Um, and how long have y'all been working together? Uh, 10 years. Okay, great. Like that to me just shows that is a scripted agenda. You're not really listening. Yep. And if somebody's giving you one word answers, then that's also a great indicator that you, you need to, you've not engaged, you have not engaged, you have yep. not engaged at all. Um, so yeah, I don't know what I was going with that. I think that's spot on. I think that's just trying to point out what the differences are be- mm-hmm. between qualified salespeople that have listening skills and basically everybody else. Right? Yeah. And on the note of you having like 200 questions to ask, um, the beauty of that, that are, relevant, that, by are the way. that are relevant. The yep. beauty of that is you can pick and choose based off of the response. Mm-hmm. It's not a checklist of questions to ask and get through. It's if they say something like this, I have a great question that can that can be a follow up to continue that train of thought yep. and continue getting more information. Um, so what's be, the best question to ask? I don't, uh, I don't know. Why? Tell me about Thank you. you. Why? 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 Or why? Why? Not? why? why? What? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the last person I fired because of this. Why? Why? Like I need to understand, like I don't yeah. really fully understand what you mean. And if you ask it, if you spell why or why not three times in a row and they give you the same answer or they a better answer of the same thing, you know, you probably hit it yeah. correct. Right? Yeah. Keep going with the whys. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, I relate this. I relate that a lot to marriage. 
So typically in marriage, when you get into a fight with your spouse, it's not about that act, right? Like it's not about the socks being left on the floor for the 9,000th time. That was just the trigger. That was just the trigger. And at the end of the day, if you really are willing to like listen and, and ask all the right questions and dig deep, it's not about the socks being left on the floor. It's a, for me, that would be, it's a sign of disrespect that, you know, I, I do work really hard to keep the house organized or whatever. And you come in and plop things right on the ground where I just cleaned and it makes me feel disrespected. It's interesting. Totally different than you're an asshole because you can't put your socks away. Yep. Totally yeah, different. My right? wife's is actually a little different version of that. It's not a respect thing. I'm a respect person, but hers is, uh, if you do a better job of, uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to give too much criticism because I'm a coach and I can't <laughs> coach my wife. Right. Um, but if I'm going to give any level of criticism that she's going to take, I better be giving like 10, out of girls, ten compliments, like ten compliments beforehand, I love beforehand, it. right? So uh, she could put up with me dropping socks in one place if I said, "Thank you so." When I walk in the door, thank oh my god, you, the house looks you, amazing. Thank you. thank you for the thank you. The kids look well put together. The the food it looks amazing. I've never had anything like this. And 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 and, and oh, you know, then she can kind of tolerate that little thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, very true. Take note, the words gentlemen. Of affirm- the words take of affirmation. Note, yes. gentlemen. Yep. Yes, very true. Very very true. Um, okay. So we talked, so you, so I asked, what do you feel like makes people a a poor listener? Mm -hmm. So we had lack of confidence, having an agenda, Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they were raised differently perhaps. And, uh, one thing that, uh, struck a chord with me when you said that is with our kids, I think a great question to ask, and I've tried to be better about this is what did you just hear me say? Yep. Absolutely. And you've talked about that in training. Like when you're training a new hire, asking them, what did you learn? What did you hear me say? And oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you how many times when I ask my kids that it is something so completely different. Like literally KK told me the other day, well, I heard that you told me that you want me to tell you what you want to hear. I'm like, yeah, okay. So we missed that one. (laughs) So let's revisit. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I said. But she actually said that. What she actually, yes, she actually, I'm like, why would I want you to tell me what I want to hear like that? No. But if you, if you are asking your kids, what did you hear me say? That is a great way to train them. Start training people early. Start training them to listen closely. And again, it's not at all about the words. In fact, so little of it is about the words, right? Like what is it? 90, 90% of communication is nonverbal. So you have to be sure you're watching the body shifts and yep. the hand movements. This goes back and to, the, I know it was a tangent, but it's also why you don't do stupid emails and texts. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you can't. Yeah. Everything's. What I heard you say is you freaking hate me. No, <laughs> I was just saying I need your paycheck. That's it. No, you don't want to do the loan. I'm denied. What no, I'm saying is I, I my just keyboard is stuck on caps lock. <laughs> I'm not actually. I'm not yelling at you. I swear to God. I can't fix my keyboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. So, um, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listening and watching the nonverbals are yep. super important too. Um, it's actually interesting. I bet there's, there's a lot of handicap, you know, generational issues with, uh, the inability to interface with a actual human. It is uh, getting a little interesting. It is. It is getting a little interesting. I mean, but then again, half my team won't answer the damn door if the doorbell rings. No, we run See? and hide. That's weird. <laughs> like, I'm like, who, like, who away, came over for a beer? Get away from the door. Right? 
Do you hide or do you, do you actually? Who? You do hide. too? What's the deal? I you younger mean, people. And here's what's crazy. Like what criminal knocks on the door? <laughs> right. It's just, a, right? it's just a nice person. It's it's just maybe someone there to sell you something fabulous. Maybe they've got your dog out in the front yard that ran out the back gate and they're trying to return your dog and you don't care enough to go say thank you. <laughs> it's just Amazon. Let's be real. It's that's, just the Amazon guy. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what the problem is, is that you've gotten the, the uh, Pavlov's uh, oh treatment. We're all just conditioned to You're it. Conditioned the Amazon to think guy. It is. Yep. He comes daily. It's his daily but, visit. Yeah, I mean, I want to wrap up this thought process, but but the bottom line is, is that, uh, and the last one, by the way, is sociopaths. Sociopaths just don't care. What I, what I mean by that is um, there are a certain number of people that just don't care about other people. So they're, it's beneath them or they're not going to engage because they could care, could care. less about what you have to say or contribute. Right. Um, and I think about some uh, so interesting. ex-boss or a bad teacher, or the, like the worst version of humans is just that. And so imagine if uh, you are making currently, you're making somebody feel like you don't care about them, especially if you do. And that was my experience back 15 years ago. Like when I was asking for surveys and feedbacks and culture and from my family and how mm-hmm. can I be a better dad or mom, dad or, uh, or father or sorry, dad or husband or coach or leader, what the consistent message was just be more present, like be more present. So, and I think that, I think that's very, I think that's very true. However, I also think that there needs to be boundaries set around when you can be present. And what I mean by that is it's really hard when somebody walks into your office and you're in the middle of a project assignment or a thought and you're interrupted. Sure. It is really hard to break focus and stop what you're doing to give them everything that you need as far as, as far as the attention goes. Um, and so I think finding a healthy way to, to communicate that to people, like here's, Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that's important. And you know, it's something that we have worked, started working with, uh, with our daughter is, Hey, like when you have something that you really like, that's a serious topic or you want to talk about you, we need to start either defining times that we talk about these things, or you need to learn to ask permission if now is a good time to have the conversation because you never know what's going on and you want to be in a space where you can listen. Because yep. again, nobody wants to be an asshole. That's not the intention. Yep. It's that it, the timing wasn't right for that big conversation. So what or you're that saying problem. is that if you're making a sales call and you're in a bad headspace, maybe reschedule? Yeah, well, you can reschedule, but also going back to mindset, if you call somebody and they're rude or, you know, whatever, or everybody says, no, don't take it the wrong way. You could have hit them at a really bad time. It's not you. It's not you. It's that it wasn't a good time for them. And so don't think that every no or someone telling you to buzz off is like, go away forever. You don't know what they, what kind of day they've had. But I think to have success as an active listener means creating boundaries for people that say, Hey, if my door's closed, I really need for you to respect that because people coming in and constantly distracting you does nothing good for anybody. One, you can't get what you need done, which is only going to further escalate your problem of not being present because now you have more to do. And you're talking about from the leadership role position. I think you can actually also switch that over to from the sales perspective. That's why you schedule appointments. Yes. Like, no, like dropping by is annoying. annoying. I'm busy. But 
if you're clear, if you're clear about, hey, do you have time for a thirty minute coffee from ten thirty to eleven o'clock? Are you available? Mm-hmm. Then you're creating that space for both you and them to be able to be present. Absol- absolutely, right? absolutely. And I've actually gone on both sides of the coin. I have gotten, I've been in places where every single thing got scheduled. Everything, no matter how little of a conversation or how big of a conversation, yeah. was just put on the calendar. And I realized that wasn't the greatest idea either because it was creating too much on my calendar. And so I had to kind of take a look, take a step back and say, you know what, these smaller conversations, like I really need to be able to just have those in the moment and get them off altogether. But the idea of anything that's important needs to have time scheduled around it, no matter what kind of conversation it is. Um, And if we're talking about sales or we're talking about something with the family, those are important conversations. So creating space for them is huge. Um, and then to be a good leader, we have to listen, we mm. have to listen to our people. And so telling them, you know, the best way to approach getting the best from you yep. is huge because it's great that we ask for feedback, but also protecting ourselves as well. Like here's how you, telling people I, how you can get the best from me. Yep. This is how you do it. Yep. I'll tell you, take that a step further. So that going back to listening, it's not always what is said, but it's what's not said. So one of my favorite books of all time is what we built our business around called Raving Fans. Uh, Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. My mm-hmm. favorite line in the book is listen to the silence. If your clients are ranting and raving and say how great you are, you're just like everybody else. Yes. And the average experience is exactly that. It's an average experience. And so um, sometimes it goes back to if you're really present in a moment with a client, with a referring partner, and they go silent just because they're not bitching doesn't mean that they're happy totally so that's an active listening as well it's listen okay normally we'd be touching base once a week and all of a sudden she's gone radio silent for two weeks Mm -hmm. is she traveling is she dead or is she pissed which one one of the three's happening yeah you've been ghosted there's probably a reason and the way i always start those conversations as a little tactic is i always say it like especially if it's for an extended period of time maybe i've haven't talked to a referring partner for three months I'll say, hey, I apologize. I clearly messed up. Could could you give me some feedback on what I could have done better? And nine times out of ten, they laugh and say, "What are you talking about?" And they'll like they're sincere. But one out of ten, they're like, "I'm really happy you asked," and they That's let so me have it because I opened the space for it. Yeah. But if I wasn't ready to receive whatever it was, good, bad, or ugly, yeah, then we wouldn't progress in a relationship either. So uh, I'm willing to ask really deep questions. Like shit, I ask about money. Money is a very personal thing. And here's the thing too. I I ask about money with people that don't work for me and people that are not my clients. I ask about money questions all the time. Let's be real, Josh. You ask questions that are sometimes inappropriate. And I say that with so much love because the asterisk that I wrote down is if you're going, if you're willing to have a 100 conversation, you have to understand the downside is that people may be off put by you asking something so personal. Um, but that's okay. Um, and I think that the more that you prove that it comes from a place, place of love, yep. the more it's accepted yep. and the more comfortable people are with saying, bro, yep. you can't ask that. Like, no, you can't go there. And that's the one question I stopped asking. I keep asking <laughs> everything else. I actually like that you're pointing that out because uh, I, uh, so what's the easiest way to explain this? Well, if you're religious, it'd be a lukewarm comment. So God doesn't like lukewarm. Like be all in be or all be in? all out, but either way is fine. You don't have to be my friend. 
but we might as well, if we're going to be friends, let's be best freaking friends. Like, let's talk about everything. <laughs> I want to know it uh, all. Yeah, but lukewarm is disgusting, man. And when it comes to sales, I've said before, like, get a clean yes or clean no. Right. Everything in between is garbage and it wastes everyone's time. Yeah, it And is. that's what that's stress. So uh, if I ask certain questions that people aren't willing to engage in, like I, going back to the one about goals, like I am attracted to people that have goals. Yeah. Business but people, also, I'm attracted I, but to people. Let's, but the, un, the unpacking of that, is important to cover. Yep. The reason that the reason you ask that is because it's what's important to you. Yep. And what we have found over the years is that like-minded people tend to, feather fly together. tend to work well together. Yes. So if you have somebody that you're meeting with that is, you know, not comfortable with goals or I don't set goals or that's just not their jive. That's perfectly fine. And not necessarily a great fit for and me. And not necessarily a great fit. Yeah, and, I'd rather know that And early. I would rather know that now. And so, you know, these questions aren't to judge, but listening to what they're saying yep. and how it's going to play out long term yep. is hugely important. I mean, knowing, talking about the things that are important to you and what we have show, had show success. And these are the way that... These are the best relationships mm -hmm. that we have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a way, another way to figure yep. out like how, where should you spend your time and yep. how how hot of a prospect this might be. Um, because there's also times when we meet with people that it's like, oh my God, I want to work with them so bad. Yep. Like so bad. Yep. I just feel like, how have I not, how have I not known you for so many years, yep. you know? Um, well, I'll give you a great example of that because this is just a perfect example of how it's not just about process, product, and service, okay? So with no names included in this, I'm going to try my best so you go, or bleep, bleep me out, okay? So uh, there's a couple loan officers that work at my branch uh, that specifically work with me, under me, and utilize my personal team to serve clients and referring partners, okay? So I've got this one referring partner that has a couple different buyers, agents, and the uh and we've been working together for years at this point mm -hmm. and um one of my other loan officers met one of the buyer's agents and they have everything in common as far as like what they like to talk about is i'm gonna say this without trying to be offensive but like chick shit, like uh, like yeah. stuff that i do not i'm not gonna have the ability to talk about right. with a lady i'm just yeah. not gonna be able to do it so uh, I don't talk about going to the salon. I don't talk about, you know, when, when women meet up and talk, they want to know every aspect, everything in life with their friends. Yeah. And women and men don't have the same conversations because then you dance on some bad borders, right? Mm -hmm. What I want to talk about is, you know, what we can do to improve each other's businesses. Right. What I want to talk about is the next client or the past client and, and the experience and how do we improve the experience. And so I was working with a specific buyer's agent for over a year and a half. Along comes Miss Daisy, and uh, and they get in a relationship uh, for business relationship, and all of a sudden, so they're they're using th what the agent doesn't know is that both of us have the back same back end same team. back end team. We have the exact same, everything funnels to the same right. place. But suddenly, talking to the other agents, my process is bad. Uh, my service, that's funny, yeah. And this process, service, and, and client experience is good. And it's exactly the same. Oh, my gosh. But that it's is, the difference yes. is, is that we are not meant to work together. Right. And right. that's okay. Because we don't have things in common. And that's that whole personalizing before you professionalize. 
and these two do and all be it like hey, have at it have all the rest yeah, of the business that's totally fine that's with me. so interesting but it that, that's the things you find out earlier on when you're asking better questions yeah uh, it's just, it was just a miss early on for me yeah um, that's super interesting yeah you know so i think with listening to wrap it up i think um my best advice or my whatever you wanted my best tips are basically to make sure that whenever you go into an appointment or whenever you are deeming a, a conversation an important one clear the space and i think it is perfectly fine to stop the conversation if you realize that you are not in a place where you can listen or accept whatever's going to be told to you right and reschedule for a time that is um because not listening is going to do way more damage than the sting of hey i can't I, I need, I need, I can't do this right now. Let's reschedule Got it. that sting. Oh my gosh. So much easier than the one that this is where we're good together. Cause that's an emotional thing to say. Cause I would not have ever thought of that. And really? I'm, absolutely not. Cause mine's the opposite. What, what my opposite, like best two tips are really simple. It's ask better quality questions and you have a better quality conversation. So the, and that, that dovetails with, if you ask the same questions as everybody else, that's doing what you're doing and selling what you're selling, you're just like everybody else. So one of the reasons why I fire blazing questions and things that are like, whoa, did he just ask that? Is because I want to have deeper, more meaningful relationships. I'm going to ask better and sometimes off the wall questions right. because I think that the quality of the conversation improves with that. I think I would agree with that, but I think you're assuming that you're in a space of you've you've allotted time for the conversation. Sure. So this is talking about people that come in to your office unannounced kids that come in with a huge problem and want to drop everything on mm -hmm. your lap in the middle of the work day. Um, yep. because they both get deemed the same as you're a shitty listener or you don't care. Right. Right. They both, they both fall under the same umbrella. And so if, if you're having, if you're in a leadership position or, or wherever, and you have, you find yourself in a conversation that is way too heavy for your mind space, it is better to 100% stop the conversation and, Presume later. Presume later when you have the mental space to give it. Um, but if you do have a, have a protected space for it, if you have an appointment, you know you're going to be having these conversations, then the best advice is make sure that you do whatever it takes to freaking clear everything else around you so that you can sit for the next hour and really engage. Because going back to our prospecting episode, a lot of people are inclined to say no to an appointment because of past experiences of their time being wasted yep. with shitty salespeople. Yep. And so if you show up to an appointment and you are scatterbrained, you have so much other things, so many other things on your mind. You're constantly checking your phone. Constantly checking your phone or you're worried about something, they are going to pick up on that and you're going to fall into the rest of yep. them. Like so whatever whatever you have to do to clear your space to be able to pay attention and listen. Yep. Whew, like that to me is where that's what listening is all about. Love it. So. Well, I want to wrap up this episode, but if you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Um, and this is uh, one of the top 10 or 12 things that salespeople do better, the better salespeople do. And the next thing we're going to kind of look at is because you are an active listener, uh, we want to talk about um, actually target marketing real needs. Yes. Like once you uncover, you know, what it is this person wants, what it is that they don't like, now you have a, a way to chit chat about what it is and the best way to approach it to convert the sale. So I love it. Um, 
Cool. So yeah, if y'all have comments or questions, or if you think you're a great listener and you have tips, we want to hear all of those. If you think you're a horrible listener and that's great too. So, uh, let us know all of the comments and you can email us questions and anything else at sigmundsense at gmail.com and find us on YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and Amazon music and all the places. And your homework is try to get into a level 100 conversation Go with there. a total stranger level before 100. the next level 100 conversation. We'll see you next time on segment sense. Cheers. Bye.